Okay, so hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Online podcast. Um, it's a new year, <laughs> which I think is a relief for a lot of people. Um, I'm here today with Karina Patel, a specialist in endodontics based in South London and Reading. Um, so, I mean, yeah, a bit of a weird year last year, <laughs> but how was, your, how was your Christmas and how was your new year? Yeah, it was lovely. Um, I had a really like relaxing time. It's been sort of 10 days of doing nothing. Um, so yeah, it's been really nice and um, relaxing, especially because it was quite mad um, and really busy before um, the break. So yeah, it's been really good. I can imagine. How's it been getting back? Is it all, all running smoothly so far? Yeah, running smoothly, obviously, um, third lockdown. But um, yeah, I feel quite safe. We're quite prepared in practice. So I think because we're used to it, it's the new normal and just going back yeah. is normal. I think it's a bit crazy now to think it's been what, six months since you guys opened your doors again. Um, yeah, it has. <laughs> it like it's been a long time. Is that a long time ago for you or does it feel like it's gone quite quickly? I feel like it's gone really quickly um, yeah. in some ways. I think in dentistry, we're quite sheltered in the sense that um, we see so many patients. So you almost don't feel lonely or you know you're always talking to someone and so I think we're quite lucky in our job in that way that we see so many people um you know as long as we're safe about it I think you know you still get that social interaction you don't you know you don't you don't feel the isolation as much no I can imagine that's nice it gets you out of the house um and like you said it's 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 allowing you to have that communication which I guess other in other jobs you wouldn't get or it'd just be zoom like what we're doing now yeah (laughs) Yeah. it has has benefits but it's it's definitely not the same as a face-to-face conversation so um yeah Yeah. um but obviously you yeah we've started the year off now um and 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 things are are, are getting back to back to how they were uh, prior to christmas um you have you have quite a big uh following on social media and i know last year especially there was sort of an influx of um sort of dental professionals of all, all, all specialities um, get jumping onto things like Instagram, especially. Yeah. Um, how, how important do you think social media is for, for dental professionals and, and within the profession? Um, I think obviously with, like with everything, there's positives and negatives. Um, but I think that, you know, I'm really pro Instagram um, and social media. I think as dentists, we're very isolated in our practice. Um, usually it's you and your nurse and you know, in your room. Um, if you're lucky, you've got a big practice and you've got other dentists you can speak to and a good network. But um, I think social media really opens the world um, in terms of what's possible. So, you know, you can um, see how people are doing things. You can improve and learn from, um, you know, what they're doing. And so I think it's really important um, in general that, you know, that it exists, really. Um, I think it has opened uh, so many doors to lots of people. Um, for me personally, I started my social media um, a couple of years ago, um, uh-huh. and for me, it was really to, um, you know, show referrers what I could do, mm. um, because I feel like um, I look quite young. Um, people <laughs> be like, "Oh, why am I sending my patient to this, you know, young girl?" And <laughs> um, so it's really to sort of showcase what I could do um, and what was possible. Um, but it's moved on a lot since then. Um, now it's I use it mainly as an education tool um, to show people actually, you know. Um, don't don't take teeth out let's try and save the tooth Um, because there was a big um, thing a couple of years ago you know probably about 10 years ago that everyone was extracting teeth and putting implants in Um, and I think that was mainly because of the lack of education they didn't know what was possible uh, what you know what we could save Um, so I'm using it really as an education tool to show people actually you know let's try and save the tooth Um, this is what we can do with endodontics Um, especially because it's not very well taught at university um, especially complex endodontics so sometimes, you know, you come out and you don't know, you know, whether this is worth saving or, you know, shall we just take it out? 
Um, so I think um, it's really open those sorts of um, possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, definitely is a good platform for, for opportunities. I mean, obviously you have quite a big following. Um, how, how, how did that, I mean, how did that happen? Because obviously there's, there's, there's having this platform and there's having people who, who really listen to what you're saying. And like you said, you can really use it to not only your advantage, but to everybody else's benefit too, by, by teaching people about, about dentistry. So yeah, how did this happen? When did these, when did this, did it just, was it just one day it just blew up or has it been quite a sort of gradual journey? Yeah, it's been a gradual journey. I think maybe I got on it slightly earlier than um, other people, maybe, um, or hopefully, you know, the content that I post and hopefully it's, you know, it's engaging for people. Um, I try and keep it, you know, as educational as possible. So uh, maybe, it, maybe it's that. Um, I think generally with Instagram, um, you know, you get, you get that sort of big following when you, when you post like facial aesthetic cases and you post um, small designs and things like that. So I'm really, you know, pleased that I can see that endodontics, you know, has, you know, it's got people interested as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why do you think there is such an audience? Why do you think they're coming to you? What do you think you're doing differently that perhaps other people aren't? Um, I take a lot of photos. <laughs> I take a lot of photos of my work. Um, so I think that might be part of it um, because you know, I, I use a microscope and I have a camera attached to that microscope and that enables me to take a lot of photos. Um, and I think that's um, that's great for patients as well because they see exactly what you're doing so they can really appreciate, um, you know, the sort of technical things involved in, in managing their tooth. Um, but also it's great for dentists and education because they can actually see, um, you know, something that they, a perspective they might not have seen themselves, especially if they're not using any magnification. Um, so potentially I think it's the photos. Um, uh, maybe the explanations that I give I really I wish I could tell you but I'm not sure <laughs> is there sort of a pattern in which, what, what posts are sort of most popular can you see which ones that garner most interest or is it kind of a bit random um it's usually the ones which you know really curvy cases when it comes to root canals okay. um yeah I think things that are you know that are more technically difficult that I feel like I um like sort of gain more attention um but I think it's not just general dentists it's actually um I have a um, a lot of endodontist friends that I've made um, from different countries um, so I think yeah it's, it's been really positive I've you know so, so much that I've learned from other people um, and you know friends that you've made so yeah it's been really positive yeah that's really good like you said it's, it's not just for um, you can showcase your work you can learn from people teach people and just yeah like you said make friends from from all over the world which I think yeah. otherwise it just wouldn't happen that's what's so great about Instagram is connecting with people that you know a lot of these people you probably won't ever necessarily meet in person, I mean, yeah. particularly at the moment, that seems a lot less. <laughs> but, but you know, you can share your work and you can talk about it and learn from each other. And it's yeah, I, I think social media uh, for that reason is 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 really valuable. Um, yeah. But I mean, go back to when you started getting into dentistry. How how did you get into it? Why did you decide to to become a dentist? So um, I'm really cliche. So my dad's a dentist okay. um, and, <laughs> and during my summer holidays, he would sort of drag me out of bed whenever they were a nurse short and I would be nursing for him. So um, this was, yeah, it's back in um, way before we needed um, like a registration, a GDC registration to become a dental nurse. At this point, you could, you know, you could just go in and, and, and do what you needed um, as long as you had the right jab. So yeah, he would sort of you know, pull me out of bed, 9am, nurse hasn't shown up, get up, come in. Um, so I, I really got into it from there. Um, so I used to watch him and um, how he interacted with his patients, how he made them feel safe. And, you know, it was a very social job. Um, like I mentioned before, you know, you talk to people a lot during the day. Um, and it's very good, you know, you work with your hands. And those are all things that I wanted to do. So 
I think when I first told him I wanted to do it, he was like, absolutely not, Karina. It's far too dirty for you, <laughs> even though he loves it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, eventually he saw that I loved it. And um, yeah, so that, that's really how I got into it. I think it's just having that experience and that. Um, Definitely. You know, yeah, I think it's passionate about it. Yeah, I've spoken to a few people who say uh, getting that early experience is kind of key um, and really is a decider on whether it's something you want to do or not. Um, I can imagine, how did you find nursing then? Was it, was it, did you like getting pulled out of bed at 9am or was that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you know what? I found it super stressful initially um, because I found it really difficult. I was like, where do I place the suction? You kept sucking the cheek up, the tongue up, you make that horrible noise. I found it really stressful at the beginning and my dad turned into this person that wasn't my dad anymore so I when I <laughs> when I was nursing him he was this um you know really strict dentist man that um I didn't seem to know, know that well um, yeah, yeah. but um yeah like I think after about two weeks once I got to grips with the names of things and you know how I meant to suction then you know yeah then I started to enjoy it so <laughs> I mean, did yeah. the patients know you were related? Was this something that were you call him? Because I, I know, like, so for example, I had, I had friends when I was younger whose parents were teachers at the school yeah. that I went to. And, and it would be sort of like, you know, I'd be like, do they call them mum? Do they call them, you know, yeah. whatever their name is. So did the patients understand the relationship or did you just have to kind of sort of, you know, maintain? Yeah, it's really difficult, actually. Yeah. Um, so I had to, like, train myself not to call him dad. So he was always <laughs> Mr. Patel. <laughs> Um, but me and my dad look really similar. So some okay. of my dad's long-term patients would sort of look at him and then look at me and be like, is that your daughter? Is that, yeah. <laughs> and is that when yeah, you sort of, sort of like, yeah, okay, we're related. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really nice. I like that. So, you know, I've, I think there are some people who have, who have, I feel like it is a, it does pass down a lot of dentistry. Um, yeah. We're a full dentist family actually we've got um my dad my brother my husband and my mum's our practice manager so we've got a whole bunch of us oh I like that that's nice so obviously (laughs) yeah so you went to what unit what university did you go to so I went to the University of Manchester um which I highly recommend um great social life um and it was all problem-based learning there so it was a, a good way to learn I think and that attitude sort of carried me forward yeah yeah because problem-based learning is you have to do a lot yourself um in order to you know learn the topics and things like that it's not very lecture-based um which I think is quite a good way of learning actually because you carry that attitude then further on in in your life definitely I think I mean I don't know but I can imagine when it comes to then leaving university and entering your career that makes it a little bit less daunting if you've already sort of been thrown into the deep end already um, yeah, when you're learning. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I'm not a dentist, but the first time that you leave and you're like, oh my gosh, this is my patient, <laughs> it's time <laughs> to do the right thing. Uh, I can imagine it can it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. But um, so from from there, obviously, you're you're an endodontist. So how was that something that you got into? Was, did you know from the beginning that that was what you wanted to specialise in? No, I think when I left Manchester, I thought I'm done with education and I don't don't want to do any more. Um, then I did my DF one year and I really enjoyed endo um, at that point. Um, the year after that, I did my DF two and I did that in um, hospital. So I did a peds role for six months and then I did a six months or surgery role. Um, and it was really at that time I was um, seeing a lot of the specialists, so the consultants I worked with, and I saw how good they were at their field. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I really want to be good at one thing if I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, endo really stood out. Um, it was really sort of seeing other people's cases as well 
um, I went to like this British Endo Society meeting and um, someone was, you know, uh, on stage and they were showing some of their endo cases and I thought, oh wow, you know, I'd love to be able to do that. Um, so that's when um, I decided to go in and, and specialise. Um, so I spent another year in general practice and um, in part-time hospital jobs. So I did a part-time endo job, um, which is working with the microscope and doing referral endo cases. Um, mm -hmm. I did a part-time peds job as well, um, treating anxious children. And then after that, I got into my specialist training. Um, so I did it with King's College London, um, which is based at Guy's Hospital and King's Hospital. Nice. Yeah. So is it, what, what about it specifically drew you to it, do you think, during these years of, sort of training? Um, I think it was really that it's very technical and um, like I like you have to be very precise with it um, I like that within endo and um, there's lots of different aspects in it so there's um, a, a big part of it is endo surgery because um, I really enjoy surgery so I wanted something that had that element in it um, there's sort of resorption so surgery associated with that um, I really like the theory behind um, endo it was always something that I was always interested in um, but I think it's really the clinical side of things that I really like. Um, it encompasses a lot of restorative and, um, yeah, it's just very precise, which I like. And definitely I think it, a lot of people, when they're working, they look for variety. So it sounds like if, if that's what you, you wanted out of dentistry, it sounds like a good path to, to go down. Yeah. So if, if, I was, if I was looking to get into it, what, what advice would you have for, for sort of young dentists or perhaps maybe not graduates, maybe students who might be thinking of sort of edging towards it, what would your advice be for them? Um, I would say speak to people that are in it at the moment, um, maybe shadow them if you can, I know it's hard at the moment, but um, shadow a specialist and, and see what they do, you know, their day-to-day, -day, how they talk to patients and um, what sort of work they do. Um, I would go on courses as well, I think that's the best way to know if you really enjoy something, um, so go on courses um, which are a little bit more advanced in endo um, and see if that's something that you enjoy um, because basic endodontics I think is um, something that everyone can really um, enjoy um, if they practice at it but maybe complex endo it, it does take us a little bit more patience you're working with the microscope and not everyone wants to look down a microscope the whole day um, so I think <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's something that I think if you do courses you really you know you get a chance to experience working with a microscope and things like that and I think that's really important before you go in and um, specialize because you know you can do endos to a really high standard as a general dentist you don't have to specialize um, and I think sometimes a, a really good general dentist that's good at everything you know is almost more talented than specialists because we only do one thing all the time um, so I think you really have to make sure that you you know want to do it all the time and enjoy it before you you know make that commitment. You mentioned the shadowing people and I mean like you said it's quite difficult at the moment to do something like that but how important do you feel mentors are when it comes to to dentistry because I mean for example did you have any or when you were when you were training yeah I mean I think I had mentors the whole way through actually um okay. I can't name one person that's um sort of been my mentor the whole journey I feel like I've been you know really lucky from you know right from my university days where some of my um, tutors really inspired me through my DF1 where my trainer was, you know, he was so good. I just felt, you know, I just wanted to be him, um, and, you know, how, how good he was. And then all the way through, like the consultants I saw during my DF2, you know, how, you know, they were very good. So I felt like all the way along I've had mentors. Um, and I think it's really important to, um, to, do, to have that, you know, to have someone that you can talk to um, and that can, you know, push you to do better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I know a lot of people I talk to say say mentors are absolutely key um, when you're when you're a young dentist. 
Um, so would you say that without them, you wouldn't really be where you're at today? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, it's not that you necessarily need one mentor, like I mentioned. I think, you know, having someone in each stage of your life, which, you know, is the push to the next stage is probably where, you know, what what's important. Um, you know, for example, you know, having when I was doing my um, postgraduate training, all my clinical tutors, I, I could name something that each of them taught me. Um, so it's it's sort of I don't think it has to be one person that you rely on. I think it can be multiple people at different stages in your life. Okay, that's nice. So you can sort of pick bits from 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 different people and then and then put that into practice. Yeah. So as as, as well as practicing, you also regularly teach and lecture um, on endodontics. Um, so pre-pandemic, what kind of what kind of um, things would you be doing on a sort of week-to-week basis? What would your week look like? So um, I work in clinical practice at least three days a week. Um, so I work two days in South London, one day in Reading, um, and that's on sort of a referral practice um, uh, job. Uh, I also um, teach one day a week on the endo specialist program uh, for King's College London. So I'd be based at Guy's Hospital. Um, and so in the morning, it would be um, taking patients, um, sort of the, the postgraduates would present patients and we would do like a consultation clinic and I'd help with diagnosis and treatment planning um, alongside um, one of the other consultants that works there, which is um, Shannon Patel. And then in the afternoon, I would um, help them with their treatment cases. Um, so it's a little bit of a mix. Um, and then I also do some um, outside teaching. So I sort of run courses and um, do some lecturing and stuff outside as well. That sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, I mean, do you, so I take it you, you enjoy teaching if you're, if you're doing some. Yeah, I love it. Um, I've actually um, recently had to give up my job at Guys because it's uh, okay. a little bit too much of a distance. And actually it's, it was a heavy working week. So I've given that up. And I'm hoping to focus um, more on sort of private education and things like that this year. Um, no if we ever get back to normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, somebody mentioned it in the office earlier. I was like, let's just not mention it. Yeah. <laughs> just one bit at a time. Just keep, just keep going. Um, but no, that does sound like a lot of work. How do you, how do you balance that out? How do you find time for yourself? Do you know what? At the beginning, it was really difficult. Um, so I would say probably my work-life balance since I specialized has not been great um i've been you know very focused on work um but more now you know since the last year or two um it's been a little bit more um not relaxed but i've i felt a bit more of a work-life balance um coming <laughs> which is good um i think just when you're focused on one thing which i really was um it, it sort of overcomes you but it's so important to maintain a balance um so yeah i guess uh, i like going to the gym um I have two cats, two kittens, which I've just um, <laughs> got since lockdown. Um, so yeah, it's been for ages, um, but I just haven't had the time to deal with two kittens. Um, That's exactly it. Um, my neighbours bought a dog um, over lockdown because okay. they're both working from home now. So it's it's a good time to to get pets, I think, because you have, like you said, you have yeah. that time to, to give them that one-on-one attention. Are they? Yeah, I can't say they they honestly are the best thing that I've done in years. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. Like they, yeah, they're good company. Um, they sort of bring out the child in you because you play with them <laughs> and things like that. Um, so yeah, they're they're fantastic. I'm I'm really glad that I've got them. Are they are they related? Yeah, brother and sister. Brother and sister. What are their names? <laughs> um, so Alpha is the boy. 
Um, we named him Alpha because he definitely wasn't Alpha when we first got him. <laughs> We're trying to make him Alpha. <laughs> and uh, we've got Xena because she's like a, I don't know if you saw it when you were younger, Xena the Warrior Princess. It's like a yes, TV show. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's like the epitome of Xena the Warrior Princess. So we call her Xena. Are they, are, they, are they friends or are they kind they of? They are. Yeah, oh, good. They, they lo- they're, they're good with each other. Okay, that's good. I've heard <laughs> situations where uh, you get the siblings and they kind of don't want anything to do with each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, since getting them, I've um, become this crazy cat lady. I'm part of every like Facebook cat group. <laughs> and um, apparently boys and girls get on a little bit better because um, you get that dominance change of the girl and the boy. So, um, yeah. So. <laughs> More importantly, do they have an Instagram account? They do, they do, but I'm not very good at updating it. Everyone just thinks every I love it. There's been some some my friends have made some over lockdown as well, and I just I, I yeah, it's it makes my day better when I see things. <laughs> on Instagram. I think the best thing on Instagram is the like crazy cat videos. Honestly, <laughs> the, thing is, the thing about cats, I've never had a cat, but I find they. Oh, we, they're just they're, how smart they are um, freaks me out sometimes. They yeah. they can read and they're so independent as well. And I'm just like, how they're basically human in my opinion. They are. They are. Zena plays fetch. I mean, she's basically I a mean, dog. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how old are they now? Um. Oh gosh. So their birthday is February. So they'll be. Yeah, I'm really bad with maths. I'm like this in, you know, when I'm working out how long to make a post and it comes to um, dentistry, like endodontics posts, I'm like, um, I'm always asking my nurse, like, nine minus four, what is that? And oh, then the patient looks at me like, are you totally incompetent? <laughs> you, you, are you to be looking at my mouth? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Okay, so a year basically then. Yeah, well, yeah, nearly. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, okay, so looking forward, um, obviously, we mentioned it at the beginning, 2021, off to a bit of a rocky start, but hopefully um, onwards and upwards with, with the vaccines and, and things being rolled out. What, um, what are you most looking forward to about this year? I'm gonna, I want to I finish on some positivity. Um, what, what, yeah. what, what are your plans for this year? I know that's also quite difficult to say, but in an ideal world, where, how would you like 2021 to go? Um, so I think the main thing I'm looking forward to is seeing my friends again and being able to, I guess, hug them and, you know, have a glass of wine with them in close proximity um so i think uh, yeah that's that's sort of a big thing but i think that's the same for everyone um we had a a big trip planned last year which we've moved forward um so we had well, i'm going to see japan for three weeks yeah. um in cherry blossom so it was meant to be in march this year which i think is going to be another cancellation but yeah, you know absolutely. fingers crossed if everything goes to plan yeah. um a three-week uh, trip to japan so if that if it does get cancelled, will you just postpone again? I think so. Yeah. You're yeah, very. You're so. very. You see those blossoms. It's. it's definitely <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> we might have to make it a summer trip instead. So we'll see how it goes. Japan's on my list as well. I've heard really good things about it. Um, I think three weeks as well. That's a very good amount of time to go and do it properly. Get a, get a look around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really looking forward to it. It's so varied, Japan. So much to. Yes. So much to do. Food as well, I think is I'd go for yeah. that alone. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. But t- in terms of dentistry, have you got anything in the pipeline? Um, so really, just um, courses. So I had um, quite a few planned this year. So I'm planning an online endo course, um, which was meant to be launched in April. So I think that will still go ahead. 
Um, and then I'm hoping the, the other courses that I'm planning will still go ahead as well, but they're still in the pipeline. So we're still waiting and seeing. Um, so it's just seeing how it, how it unfolds. Yeah, when it comes to practice, um, I'm still in practice at the moment, hoping just to carry on because we're really busy. Um, I think the, the main thing I've noticed is that um, patients are so grateful that we see them. Um, and it, that's why it's so nice to, it is nice to be able to carry on. You know, I've had patients which have had, you know, pain for so, like months and months and you think, you know, it's, um, it's nice to be able to, to, to still see them. So I'm hoping that will carry on. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's an intense job with all the PPE and, and, the, and the situation, the circumstances and the regulations at the moment. But I can imagine so the job satisfaction is quite high uh, at the moment when you get these people come in, like you said, who have sort of put off coming in for whatever reason um, and finally get, get their problem fixed. It must be really nice to sort of see them relax a little bit and, yeah. and go off of it with a smile. Yeah, definitely. Um, so have, have the patients been, been quite happy to come in? Because I know obviously there's been some, some bad press um, surrounding dentistry, unfortunately. Um, but you say you're really busy, which is which is excellent. So people have been quite prepared to come in. Then there's a sort of appointments. Yeah. Been, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, in terms of the practice, um, mm. the general dentists aren't as, maybe as busy as they were um, because I think, you know, I guess with endo, you see people in pain and they don't want to be in pain. So I guess for me, it's been really busy. But I'm not sure about general dentists and you know, um, but. No, yeah, I mean, all my patients have been happy coming in. Um, I think when they come in for their consultation, they see that everything is being handled really well um, and we've got the right PPE and, you know, everyone's wearing masks and all that sort of thing. And um, so I think they've been quite happy to come in um, through that to their, cons you know, to their treatment visit. Um, I've had a couple of, pa you know, patients which um, have delayed, sort of delayed treatment, but almost how long can you delay it? You know, so I yeah. think, um, I think most people are, are happy to come in. In, in that situation, do you, do you try to not, not encourage, but do you, or do you just say, do you just have to sort of sit back and say, okay, that's your decision? Or do you try to sort of um, make them see why it's beneficial for them to come in as soon as they can? Um, no, I think I, I leave it up to them. I will tell them the risks of, of waiting. So for example, if they've got a large cavity, I might say to them, you know, that's going to get worse. Um, you don't have to maybe come in for the full treatment, but maybe see your general dentist and, and at least get it stabilized so that, you know, when, when we do see you, then you're not in a, a worse state than when, you know, when you, when, when you are right now. Yeah. Um, so those are the kind of things that I say, but I think it's really such an individual decision. You don't want to force anyone to, you know, to or push anyone. So I think it's um, it's just as long as nothing, you know, they're not going to have too many detrimental effects. Um, and, you know, you always warn them that they can get a flare up or an infection in the meantime. So if they do, then it might be another course of antibiotics, which obviously is not the greatest thing to do no. over and over again um, yeah. due to resistance. But um, I think as long as they're, you know, aware of the risks and benefits, then you have yeah, to definitely. make a decision to them. It's, it's a sensitive time, I guess. It's just sort of finding that balance between, like you said, making them aware of what could happen if they leave it, but also not being too pushy, um, which yeah. you know, that must be a challenge in itself, to be honest with you. It's been a difficult, difficult year for everybody, but dentistry has been, um, had to sort of change its ways quite significantly. Um, so yeah, you, you, yeah, I don't know how you've done it. It's been, it's been a challenge. <laughs> um, but to, to finish off, um, I mean, we've spoken about your kittens um, and, and, and you <laughs> like, go to the gym, but is there something that people, might not know about you or something you like to do outside of dentistry um that people might not know about 
oh I feel like I'm pretty standard with my, my likes I mean <laughs> and just like um I, I, I like going to the gym I like keeping fit um even though I go through phases where that doesn't happen but um I do, I do in general like <laughs> like doing that um I, I love buying furniture I think that's probably a, a, a big a big thing um because we we moved into a new house a couple of years ago so we're still um we're still redoing that so I think every time I'm on the internet I'm looking at furniture rather than clothes which is what it used to be it's <laughs> quite refreshing that's that's different yeah. when you say is it do you buy them like people would buy clothes though have you got like four tables in your house <laughs> no 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 <laughs> but I do love fashion <laughs> but um, no I think I'm pretty standard as a girl like that I think that's um there's nothing that abnormal about me I feel like my kitchen's the new thing that has changed <laughs> um what I travel I mean you you mentioned um Japan um is is travel something you usually I mean obviously last year it was made it was quite difficult to do that I mean there was a, a bit of a gap where people started to go away again but yeah. is that something that you miss is that a big part of your life usually yeah yeah that is I really I love traveling um I try and do um so we do some short holidays but I, I try and do one big holiday a year so um the year before last it was California where we did a, a three-week road trip and then obviously I mentioned Japan um but I try and do like a three-week go and see a country and really experience that country um every year um no that's, yeah, that's I love, a good way I love traveling. um thank you so much for coming on today um, yeah, you're welcome you know, it's been a really good chat um and i hope 2021 yeah only only good things looking forward hopefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah no my pleasure thank you for inviting me it's been um, really nice um talking to you and catching up <laughs>